Welcome, everyone. This is now another exciting episode of the Worldwide Army of Smarts podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, my co-host, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, the jabroni himself, Mr. JD. JD, how you be? Well, we are certainly bad. We're nationwide. I don't know about uh, if we've gotten to worldwide or back to worldwide quite yet, but, uh, you know, hey, we're working on it. I beg the difference, sir. We have picked up a listener in India. India? No kidding. Yeah. Well, they've been desperately trying to reach us about our car's extended. That's my understanding. Well, yeah. And his name is George. There you go. So, But anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. I must apologize for last week's or um, last week's recording. My uh, having some technical difficulties on my mic, uh, so I had to go. With the laptop microphone, well, which did it didn't end up being too terribly bad, but it is noticeable, and to that extent, I do apologize. Mm. Sue, JD, for shame, for shame. How's your week been? You know, it's been all right. Uh, <clears throat> the I, I would show you if it were worth the effort, but it's not. Um, the la- wonderful ladies that I work with uh, here at the office decorated my office for my impending birthday. Uh, coming up this weekend so yeah there's many a balloon here in the old uh the old office and a bottle of scotch so you know we got got things happening here the kids are very impressed i brought them home some balloons so can't help but notice that the balloons are black well there's red black and white i mean they're georgia no. color okay i just saw the black i didn't know if it was a yeah that was the closest one to me here's a red sorry. one here's a red I, one right like there. a sorry not sorry type no of this is a uh here's a Here's a uh, <clears throat> clear one. What has uh, red and black uh, confettis in it? So yeah, it was more of a Georgia Falcons uh, theme. I hear it. Then you know. Well, happy birthday! Uh, well, I haven't been so invited much. to your birthday party, but I can't go because it doesn't exist. <laughs> oh well, well, ain't that some ish? No, listen, buddy. You get to my age, your birthday means you uh, go have to go to the tag office. Oh, shit, I got to go to the tag office tomorrow. Huh. Well, you can go to Publix now. Yeah, but I don't really need a sub sandwich for this. I really actually need the, the sticker. You can get your tag at Publix. A sticker? Yeah. What? Yeah. Maybe I'll go there. There, That is where shopping is a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs a reason to go get a pub sub? Right, I'm I, there I, not this guy. Let me tell you, I'm there anyways. Love well. a good pub sub, but they're not. They're not paying us this week. You know who's paying us this week, Ryan? Who? Nobody. Um. So, moving on from that, uh, a couple things in the wide, wide world of sports we need to go over. Um, shall we start with the uh, the sublime, the ridiculous, or the uh, the saddening? Let's go ahead and get the sad part kicked. Get the off. saddening out of the way. Shiki baby break back and make a humble. One more time, in memory of the great Khosrow Vaziri, the Iron Sheik, I'm going to give you one with feeling, fuck you, the Hulk Hogan. You, you know, J.D., yes, as as he is the uh, Sheik, lived the gimmick, um, you would think that some of that was a work. Not really. That's kind of... Not, not a lot of it. No. Kind of how he is. Maybe he dialed it up on occasion. But uh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> is uh well, he might pretty... be and i don't want to i don't want to con- distill his life to this but 
he might be the oldest crackhead I've ever heard of in my entire life. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's that to be considered. Well, he, he started later. Well, you know, but I think he caught up. I think he probably caught it. He he made good use of his time. Good good round. Good round. Yeah. Oh, there wow. you go. Of course, yeah, we're no, of course um, talking about Kazro Vaziri, uh, yes. Kaz, aka the Iron Sheik, as um, let's say tragically passed away, but the guy was 81. It was 80. So yeah. It's, yeah it's, uh, as long as it was peaceful. I will say that he outlived everybody's expectations. Um, yeah. And. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. It, it's this is one of those wrestling deaths. It just it just sucks, man. The world's better with Iron Sheik in it. Um, well, another one of your of, vaunted first uh, seven people to hold the WWF title now uh, now gone as well. Yeah. Well, we just got Hogan and Backlund. Backlund. Oh, ba- Backlund's going to outlive us all. My God. If anybody will outlive back uh, live Sheik, it's going to be Backlund. Um. But anyways, well, I mean, of course he did, but I'm talking like sheer numbers. Yeah, in longevity, yes. Right. Um, but yeah, anyways, it sucks, man. Of course, Iron Sheik, uh, there probably is no Hulk Hogan without Iron Sheik. Uh, there, you know, what What can you say? He's got to be on the Mount Rushmore heels. He's in that conversation. Um, Certainly. He's one of the uh, top heels of his era without, without any doubt. Not only that, but it, it was such a, it, his gimmick is so contrary to how he is. Right. Uh, nobody loved this country more than cause. Absolutely. Yeah. He um, had, and good for good reason. His life, I mean, even outside the squared circle, his life is deserving of a movie treatment. It really, really is. It really is. And I, I highly recommend everybody watches documentary um, that the, his, I believe that the Megan twins are his nephews uh, yeah i believe that the megan twins are his nephews and they put it together and it's so well done i was an early backer of that documentary um and it it really goes into his story that you really i certainly did not know uh he was a bodyguard uh in iran the shah of iran, or the shah yeah. and uh he was obviously on the rest on the actual uh amateur wrestling team yeah, the national team. Him and uh, I believe Tacti was the, uh, the the other wrestler's name. The, the Tacti was a, a world, or I say world, but a, a nationally loved hero in Iran uh, who died under suspicious circumstances. Not in Iran, no. And uh, and after Tacti committed, and I'm using air quotes here, suicide. After he was suicided. Um. Sheik decided that he needed to get out. And, yeah, it's his time to go. And uh, he got he got out. He comes to the U.S. Doesn't really understand a word of English, which doesn't really change throughout the rest of his life. No, no. <laughs> he he, uh, he has the same accent that he had sixty years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't wasn't didn't get a didn't get much of a a, a language coach uh, whenever he got over here. Well, to be fair, his one of his best buddies was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You're not going to learn, learn a whole lot of the finer points of English from from old Hack. Exactly, and he was uh, uh, AAU champion, AAU champion. 
uh olympic gold medal <laughs> he calls it olympic gold medal but it was not it, it's it's not uh but <laughs> but uh just a crazy strong individual especially oh, yeah. for his size uh, well, I mean, he had take, a six pack when he first came in. Like when he first started wrestling, man, he was cut up. He's the only person like, I've ever seen to have a six pack and a gut at the same time. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you seen Scott Steiner? Uh, okay, well, uh, yeah, it could have been hurting you. Now that I think about it. Um, but anyway, no, when he came in though, he was legit ripped up. Though. I mean, he he was shredded uh, and, back in the day. And of course, you know, he had had a family, had several uh, daughters, uh, one of which was murdered. Uh, yeah, I believe sad it was story. In, it was in Smyrna, I think. Uh, that here in, here in Atlanta. sounds right. Um, uh, I don't remember right off. But in, it was in the uh, Atlanta metro area. Area, uh, Sheik yeah. actually uh, went to obviously went to the murder trial and actually snuck in a blade in his mouth, uh, same mm-hmm. way that he would whenever he was juicing. Uh, he fully intended on killing the the one that uh killed his killed his daughter which by the way was her boyfriend or fiance or husband or something like that and uh yeah his wife uh convinced him not to while they were in the courtroom so that's just one of many very interesting stories about him um good man uh you know kind of took on the second life Mm -hmm. after wrestling whenever he uh goes on the howard stern show and just <laughs> threatens to rape uh hulk hogan and sure his uh his uh i believe nick was probably 12 years old at the time nick hogan and uh everybody and it starts as far as like shoot interviews that sold iron Sheik probably was number one he might have um, been patient zero there yeah yeah it was it was uh quite an interesting of course you got to understand whenever he's doing this he, he's it's it's a gimmick and, and it, he's not actually shooting uh I, I guess in certain aspects he is he but it's still uh, very much kayfabe it's a it's a character but right he's still the iron cheek yeah yes. very much so you're getting the unvarnished opinion of the iron cheek not a, necessarily of Cosro Viziri. yeah but he anyways, came in with that awa class of flair and uh you know kim patera and all that so i mean he had a Hell of a good uh, backing in, in the wrestling business. So interesting, interesting guy. Very interesting. And and guys, uh, you know, the, the world's a little less cool right now. Yeah. Uh, well, it got a little more cool in the WWE here. Uh, if Dame Rumor is to be believed, then Ryan, you can once again spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You can certainly do that, as Mr. Carlito has reportedly re-signed with the WWE. And as soon as I shorted those Apple futures, that that then this happens. That's great. Yeah. I'm screwed. Well, good to see Carlito back. Of course, he did make a return at the uh, Puerto Rico um, pay-per-view that mm-hmm. they had down there, the Backlash. Uh, good Looking to see in great him back shape. Around. Looking in great shape. The dude yeah. is cut up. and He's yoked up. Way bigger than he looked uh, that I remember him being um, twenty years ago, yeah, earlier run. But uh, anyways, good to have him back. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll see how they book him and how they destroy him and how he leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. Speaking of destroying, uh, we we have a rumor and innuendo from Mister Wade Keller of the Torch is saying that Mister 
Uh, Chick Magnet Punk has a ESPN interview dropping between now and Saturday. And it is oh, rumored, right in time for the show. Great. And it is rumored <laughs> to be a shitstorm for AEW. Well, I, uh, I assumed it was going to be a shitstorm for Scott Colton. Yeah. So, Punk, it's good to see you back in AEW. How, how are things between you and the elite? Well, let me tell you about Scott Colton, and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, Nine eleven, uh, but yes, it's uh, rumored to not be too flattering uh, for AEW. So we'll see what that's like. Uh, I will listen to that. Yeah, certainly, their ESPN is going to get a boost out of it. Yep, and uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, which leading into the very first collision this weekend, it should be interesting to see what happens. It, all right, let me ask you this. I know we don't really we try not to talk about uh, other podcasts in the podcast space, and we fail at that continually. Um, but do you think this saves uh, Eric Bischoff's hair potentially, depending on <laughs> when it comes out? Does uh, does Punk get fired from uh, AEW by by the uh, whatever's on, on the content of of this interview? Wouldn't that be something? It would be. It would certainly be something. It would not be nothing. As some some pundits have argued, um, but yeah, no, it, it it would definitely be something. I don't know exactly what that something will be, but I do wait with bated breath. At the buzzer, <laughs> See yeah, right. He gets, gets a gets, gets a reprieve from the governor. Oh gosh, and then Conrad gets shaved. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. But uh, we will we'll see how that goes. I'm planning on being there to see it myself, so. That's uh, yeah. Well, that's are you fun. the high bidder? Are you going to be uh, no, but it will be done. Do, it do it will shave? be done top guy weekend. I understand that, but they're the high, the top bidder gets to uh, shave, do the shaving, no, doesn't he? I'm not, I'm not donating. shit Okay, well, there you go. I've donated enough. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, uh, want to talk about something we didn't really touch on last episode because we hadn't really seen how it was going to play out, but I gotta tell you. Uh, speaking of destroying and 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 shit storms and all all that various and sundry, if WWE were to write a book on how to bury a new title, they could not have done it any better than they have with the assistant to the regional championship. Why is that? You might ask. Well, let me tell you this: uh, just to bury the specialness of it even further, it didn't even get to be the only new belt in the company for an entire month because there are now not one. Not two, not four, but count them three other new championship title belts uh, distributed to the various uh, champions of their respective divisions. Um, Rhea Ripley received the women, World Women's Weight Championship, which is the same as the World Heavyweight Championship, but on a white strap. So, okay, World Women's Weight title. Um, if you were to get WWE for Secret Santa, this year, Ryan, you might want to buy them a, a dictionary, particularly uh, one containing the letter U, because uh, they need to learn what undisputed means. They pre presented Roman with a new belt, a consolidated belt, the undisputed WWE Championship, where they've just had an entire tournament over the past month disputing the championship. So it's undisputed unit. It's undisputed universal championship. Oh, semantics BS. It's this. It's a disputed title. There's two main titles in the company for the men, and so one of them cannot be undisputed. So, uh, so anyway, 
yeah, the, the the and then of course um Asuka received the WWE undisputed title, comma women's. Um so yeah, the, you cannot bury a title more than this. They didn't want this world championship thing to succeed at all, did they? I, I mean, I, I don't care for the title myself. I I do like uh the new world heavyweight title. It's pretty, yeah, it's a good looking belt, but I mean, it doesn't, does it seem special to you in any way? Apart no, from it looks nice? It's same as it's always been. No, it used to be a blue belt or a black belt and it was held by Roman Reigns because that one said World Heavyweight Champion on it. Well, I mean, it just looks like shit. I mean, there. Ah, Jesus. All right. Well, so now we have disputed titles yet again. Uh, meet the new boss, meet the new champ, same as the old champ. Um, all right, moving on. If you're not going to share my, you know, ardor and, and vitriol over this nauseating turn of events, uh, I, I don't right feel particular. Into... I don't feel quite as passionate about it as you do. Well, I just, you know, it's, it's whatever. I know they had to get another one, and they goofed, they goofed it up. So why'd they have to get another one? No, they're not just going to have one new belt. You know, they're going to get a new tag new tag belts as well right like that's coming yeah with giant logos on them yeah so we'll we'll see how that goes i like i said it's not that big a deal to me in terms of the you know i I knew that and you call yourself a belt mark well no i knew it was going to come i just didn't realize it was going to be quite so crappy i thought that they would do something different nope Uh, no, we're just gonna put palette swaps. We're just gonna put gold behind it. Okay, cool. Looks Which like is, to be fair, an improvement. But I mean, I think it's it still looks just like a sh- giant. Yeah, I think it looks like shit. Give me the black background, but that's just me. Um, now, is that background metal or is it just gold colored leather? Because the on the other ones, it was just leather behind the the W's. Oh, I don't know. I I, I thought it was gold. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It, it, close it, yet. it shines, I assume. Well, not all that glitters is gold. And not all who wonder are lost. Well, well as Smash Mouth once famously said. Well, I was going for Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, but well, it's fine. Go ahead. Smash Mouth, too. Sure. No, mm-hmm. no, Smash Mouth did it first. Yeah, I, I know they did. Tolkien was bad to rip off Smash Mouth. Yeah. How dare they? Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, did you catch the Dark Side of the Ring on Magnum TA? I did. Um, yeah, it was. It's, it's hard to say that, you know, someone losing their career and ability, not necessarily entire ability to walk, but certainly needing assistance. At that point out, it's hard to say that's one of the lighter dark sides of the ring, but it uh, yeah. it kind of actually is because he is a well-adjusted, successful man in a, a well, I mean, other field of endeavor. Compared to Grizzly Adams and or uh, Grizz, Smith. You know, Grizzly Smith, not Grizzly, Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams was a highly competent and professional doctor. So yeah, uh, Grizzly Smith that you know right. raped children mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Benoit who murdered his family and you know, all that. They're like this guy just had a really bad injury. I say just, but it, it, career ending. It sucked. But it has a happy, has a bit of a happy ending, like you said. So, um, man, how did I get that that confused with Trapper John? Grizzly Adams is a mountain man. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, I, I just, uh, I thought it was, I mean, it's entertaining. Of course, it's good to, I, good to, I don't think I've ever really sat and listened to a Magnum TA interview about it. Um, but yeah, I, I've always heard people talk about it, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good, but it's just not anything. Well, I, I, talk I was, about something that didn't happen. That's really the main thrust here. Uh, you know, him becoming world heavyweight champion and being the focal point of the promotion for years to come didn't happen. So it's kind yeah, of hard and, to talk And about I mean, it. whenever you're following, you know, Dino Bravo been killed by the mob and, and Gino yeah. Hernandez and cocaine overdose and, Right. It just sort of falls a little flat. Well, and I mean, you know, couch between that and uh, you know, between Tammy Sitch, who who is looking at a potential, practically a life sentence, and then uh, this week's episode with the Grams, you know, which is kind of a Von Erichs part two. If you thought you loved family suicide before, where do hmm. you see it now? Uh, you know, it's a family suicide, the Florida version, right? Exactly. It's like the you know Brady's go Hawaii, you know, go to Hawaiian style or whatever. So it, yeah, it's um, no disrespect to Magnum, but it it's actually a fairly encouraging side side of the ring. I mean, it's a horrible thing that happened to him, but the way he's recovered from it and had a, you know, I think if you'd asked him, he'd, he'd say he had a, a wonderful life. It, it's a wonderful life. Um, you know, he beat Tully in the uh, I Quit match and took his wife. Yeah, I mean, how you can't defeat your enemy more thoroughly than that. Yeah, Tully's daughter calls him dad. There you go. There you go. Uh, is she yeah. still on the lam? Is she? Has she? Uh, is she still fleeing the jurisdiction? I think she's going to school. Really, out of the business. Well, I'd say she's going to like nursing school or something like that. Huh. Um, well, she was really on her way there until she. Um, what she do? She refused to come to work and drop the belt and cut promos or whatever. What refused to even send in a promo? Well, she was accused of saying the n word and. Well, everybody gets accused of that from now and again. Uh, and, uh, was that corroborated, or was that just people like I could see people not liking her? There were. Several, I don't know if she did or what. There were okay. several women. Okay, so it was fairly credible. Yeah. Uh, report. Okay. Well, then, go to school, kid. But uh, we're of course talking about Tessa Blanchard. Um. Yeah. She. Last I heard, she's going to school, and. Um, now she does conventions still, but I don't think she's working like working, working. But anyways, of course, today we're talking about Super Brawl 2. Took place February 29th, 1992. Had 5,000 people in attendance in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know anybody from Wisconsin? Yeah, one or two, yeah. One or two, okay. And took place at the Mecca. Uh, of course, the Milwaukee Auditorium. Man, you talk about one that was just uh, pretty much a barn burner uh, throughout throughout the uh, throughout the night. Um, but anyways, without further ado, let's let's dive off into this. Uh, since JD, since you are the impetus for this one, uh, why don't you take mm. the first one? Well, yeah, this is the uh, Pillman versus Luger match that uh, Liger Liger. Good lord, can't even <laughs> read straight. Um, Pillman and Jushin Thunder Liger match that I lauded so highly um, in, in our previous episode. I'm, it's uh, gratifying to see, I guess, that Dave does as well. Um, but Pillman would pin Liger in 1658 to regain the WCW light heavyweight title. If you don't remember that that uh, belt, don't worry, nobody else does either. 
Um, apparently, Pillman actually had a legitimate order from his doctor not to work this match due to a back injury. But if you've ever heard Jim, Jim Ross uh, rap, you know, wax philosophical and rhapsodic about Brian Pillman, he never let a little medical injury, medical issue or broken back hold him down. Um, so a bunch of hot moves in this match, according to Meltzer. Um but yeah, they, they were they were coming fast and furious, so maybe you didn't remember them all. But like I said, this to me is kind of the pinnacle of two guys looking like they're trying to beat each other while still selling, still registering, but doing all the hot moves and the flashy uh, acrobatics that you could want. The crowd cheered both men. Um, there was a USA chant going along because one of the guys from USA, one's not. That's fun. Uh, and the... It, it, the body on commentary says that that can only be because of patriotism, because Liger is putting on such a great performance here to which Jim Ross, you know, pretty much agrees saying there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, there was a, some of the fans really started to turn towards Liger during the course of the match. So pay attention to that. If you do get a chance to go back and watch this, um, you know, but basically Meltzer thinks that some of the, the crowd wanted to boo Liger just for the sheer, you know, foreign menace versus, you know, American hero aspect of the whole thing, but couldn't bring themselves to do it when they see the performance he's turning in, which I can't say I blame them. Um, but yeah, so a great, great match. Watch it. Um, the finish was Liger missing a diving headbutt off the top rope. And Pillman pulls him up with a, rap, a Japanese rolling crotch hole. I don't know who names these things, but anyway. Liger handed Pillman the belt, and both men hugged. Uh, you know, in a great display of sportsmanship. There really wasn't a heel in this match. I mean, I guess nominally it was Liger, but not really. Um, Meltzer gives it uh, four and three and one quarter, three and a quarter stars. Excuse me, three quarter stars. Yeah, uh, I give it two thumbs way up. Uh, Ryan, what say you? Four and three quarter stars. Give him five. Quit that shit. Right. That's the exchange rate ridiculous. in Milwaukee, though, is a little – they have that city tax in Milwaukee. I mean, my God, what else did you want? Uh, what else could they have done? Uh, they no, I agree. I don't understand. They literally threw themselves constantly at each other. I mean, it was – and the commentary from JR was off the chain. I mean, it was just – chef's kiss. Mwah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Um, the WCW light heavyweight title – if if there if you can have this kind of match and nobody care about the title, the title just sucks. So, uh, well, the promotion is the first one that has to care about the title, and they never really got that. But I, I can't say like if I was uh, if I was to pick, you know, the best Pillman match. I mean, this is it. Well, let's say for example, you're going to pick five matches to show somebody who wasn't. <laughs> um, hypothetically if if we had to why in the hell would we do that though oh, that sounds stupid that's a dumb idea we should yeah but uh i i know really enjoyed it great job gentlemen uh rest in peace brian and uh liger man liger's a legend got, man really liger's Just, got liger's got it going on always enjoyed yeah, his man. matches Tremendous, tremendous ability. Up next, we've got Marcus Alexander back. By the way, I want to go back a little bit. Please, uh, I wish you would. When Jesse comes out initially, he says that we are in treasure country. 
Can you explain that? He said there we're in treasure country. You say treasure? Yeah, treasure. Hmm. I don't know. Any okay. I thought you might know somebody up there. Um, well, I mean, I'd have to re-listen to it because I don't, I don't remember that. Um, so I, back, but, I backed it up, and I'm like, "What the hell is he talking about? Is there treasure in Milwaukee?" Well, I certainly found a, a little nugget of gold up there. Uh, well, she's not from way. Milwaukee. No, but she's from about what an hourish away. Yeah. Do you know where Fond du Lac is? I have been there. Okay, well, you you would be the exception to the rule. I have been to Fond du Lac and Ripon, and uh, all right, well, all right, Johnny Cash. I I knew her state senator at one point, um, hmm. but yeah. So up next, we got Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Well, yeah, you know, take, buddy, she she's lived here for fifteen years, so taking on the tailor-made man, which uh, <laughs> is wearing. I'm sorry, is it Ted DB? No, wait, it's Terrence Taylor. Okay. Right, yeah, he. I can't believe it's not DiBiase. Yeah, this is uh, Wish.com Ted DiBiase. <laughs> we have we have Million Dollar Man at home. And Million Dollar is, Man at home. And they are announced by apparently a man that won a, an announcing contest. Kid from and, Syracuse, right? Yeah, and he got yeah. Uh, he got booed unmercifully. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not like he was from Marquette. That would have gotten over, but like some rando from Syracuse is going to. Not do a terrible job announcing, you know, just ring announcing. That's all he did. Yeah, and um, they they had the unenviable task of following Pillman and Liger. Yeah, yeah, I was never gonna. And just not that wasn't work. gonna happen. Uh, Meltzer says Bagwell looked really gay. <laughs> okay, so you know, some um, of the, some Meltzer. of these comments don't really don't really uh, hold. Well, I mean, to be fair, well. in you know the words of Ric Flair, is a dick dancer gimmick. So I mean, it's gonna look a little bit, uh, you know. It, William Regal, the man's man, it, you know, this is not. Yeah, and I think maybe the match just kind of looked lacking because it had to follow Liger and Pillman. Um, you really can't blame these guys. No, it's not their fault. Um, and Bagwell, obviously, is early into his career here, so still a little green a bit, um, but a tailor-made man has no excuse. He should do better. And Well, uh, I the crowd's probably going to be a little bit, you know, tapped after after what they've just seen. Yeah, Bagwell got lost going into a rolling reverse cradle and the pin, and was heavily booed, and the place sort of popped whenever the Taylor Made Man hit him with the five arm after the match. Meltzer gives it uh, one and a half. I'll give it two. I'll be a little fair to the guys. I it's yeah, I didn't. Somebody's got to do it, so. Yeah, somebody had to go out next. Yep. What What do you think? I just, you know, I kind of along with you. I mean, the thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, I guess since I have to give it something, I'll give it a thumbs down. But, I mean, again, I don't really blame them, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, you know, you couldn't really ask for a whole lot more following it up. So, moving on from there, we've got Ron Simmons against Cactus Jack. Here we go. Uh, so now we, we go from the aerial artistry of uh, Liger and Pillman to the hard-hitting Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack Ron in his finest uh, FSU-themed tights here. And uh, if I'm recalling this match correctly, uh, been a couple of days since I watched it, a fairly svelte Cactus Jack. 
Um, so that, that's good. Young, young cactus. Um, the, the finish is going to be a cross body block off the top rope, turned into a power slam by Simmons, uh, in six and a half minutes. Uh, cactus takes some frightening, but no kidding. Cactus took a few frightening bumps. Uh, he, yeah, right out of the gate, hangs himself between the rope, first and second rope. That's just a strange spot, man. Like, isn't that how he lost his ear? Yep. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Um, elbow drop off the middle rope to the floor, which is just classic Cactus Jack. Um, Abdullah the Butcher does run in, uh, ostensibly to attack Jack, but he turned around and attacked Simmons instead. And Simmons got double teamed until the junkyard dog, who Meltzer affectionately refers to as the junk food dog here, runs out. Yeah, uh, Sylvester Ritter a little bit past his prime at this point, but the crowd was happy to see him. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, you know, we got JYD back in action here on WCW. Oh, first of all, um, I don't, I don't think that JYD was ever really in shape. No, uh, go to Mid South, my friend. Uh, he was know. a colossus. In, in no, in 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 like eighty two, eighty three, Mid South. Maybe I should go back and watch that. As Vince McMahon used to say, he's really put together. I just know him as the thump, you know. Well, yeah, no, no. Once you get to WWF, he he is out of shape from that point on. Okay. No, he when he was had the big full beard and the and the thicker hair, like almost like a fro. Yeah, he was he was built. Junkyard dog, baby. Who that? Who that? Who that? Say gonna beat that dog? So yeah, it's just not anything much here. Uh, a couple of big high spots. It's sort of entertaining, but I'm not going to, you know, rate it too highly or too late. I'll give it a moderate thumbs up. It kind of was what it needed to be. Yeah, I liked it. It's, you know, from a nostalgia standpoint, Belcher yeah. gives it two and a half. I'll stick with that. Um, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to fly around the ring, but, uh, you know, I'm not complaining Fo- about Mick, it. It was nothing. Mick Foley hurt himself, so that's always fun to watch. Yeah, I always got a kick out of it. Up next, we got Tom Zink and Van Hammer beating up on Vinny Vegas and Richard Morton. You know, one thing I noticed about this is that Jr. is not he wasn't afraid. very good. He's not well. Other than that, one thing I noticed about the whole night is that Jr. is not afraid to talk about the amateur or professional uh, sports background of the wrestlers, sure. even though that is not keeping with kayfabe. Uh, yeah, he mentioned uh, Nash. Well, Vinny Vegas's uh, background playing basketball in Europe. Yeah, basketball in Europe and played for the Tennessee Volunteers. Boo. Um, Boo. Of course, Vinny Vegas is Mr. Kevin Nash. And so, anyways, the Van Hammer and the Z Man, the most beautiful professional wrestler in WCW. Arn's not uh, in this. Yeah, Zink pinned Morton with a sunset flip coming out of the corner. Uh, Zink apparently was covering for Johnny B. Bad, who was having a contract dispute and pulled from the card at the last minute. Hmm. Morton replaced uh, Mr. Hughes with the cover reason being that it would make a better match, but actually Hughes was pulled from the show as punishment for some kind of non-drug-related misdeed. Uh, Probably fell asleep somewhere. It should have been okay with Zink and Morton doing all the work and just letting the Green Boys in for quicker spot, uh, quick power spots, according to Meltzer. Instead, Hammer and Vegas worked most of most of the match. 
at times it was okay, but most of the time it, that wasn't the case. Meltzer's kind of crapping on this. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, it wasn't a four-finger stinker, but it certainly wasn't good. I mean, if you're going to have a rock and roll gimmick, be a musician-type gimmick, be on beat with the clap, with the clapping yeah. there, uh, uh, Van Hammer. Of course, that would be his finishing move later on, the clap. and give you the clap. But, yeah. Um, well, that It's finished so many people. It has, far before their time. But, yeah, it just I, – I, I'm going to give it a thumbs down because it wasn't good, but it wasn't – given the relative experience – I mean, even at this point, Ricky Morton has more experience than all three of these guys combined. Um, at, you know, at this point in his career, so yeah. I, what do you want from these people? What do you want from me? Yeah, they didn't. They're sort of last minute additions, and yeah, they probably. I mean, and I for last minute additions are better than Albert Iron Eagle. What was his name last last night? Jay Al Jay Allen Eagle Al Green. I don't know some kind of eagle. That was a last minute substitution. Yeah. yeah. Al Green. Okay. Um Alan Eagle. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um Yeah, Meltzer gives it a negative half star. I'll give him a half star on this one. I mean, Jesus, you know, don't be so mean to these guys. Right. Uh, uh up next we got Mr. Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rose taking on Larry Zabisco and Steve. Don't call me Stone Cold Austin. Yeah, and so business uh, is just about to pick up. If you, if they lost you on the last three matches, they're about to catch you back on this one and the next one. Um, so Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes beating uh, Larry Zabisco and stunning Steve Austin in 1821. Uh, now, this is the culmination, if I'm not mistaken, of the, the angle where we saw Windham get beat up in the car. Out, you know, he and Dustin are pulling up to the arena. We watched we watched that pay per view a long time ago, and I believe this is the blow off of that angle uh, that started back then. So it was a tremendous tag match, uh, great back and forth the whole time. Uh, big Larry chant. Obviously, we are here deep in AWA country, and uh, Larry Zabisco, uh, I think a two time AWA champion, um, but certainly synonymous with the latter decent years of the promotion, um, or maybe. With Larry Zabisco and I guess Kurt Hennig may be the last two big stars out of that, that were big stars in AWA but remained big stars after the fact. Um, because I mean, Sean and, and Razor Ramon and those guys were there, but they weren't big stars yet. Um, anyway, so yeah, we get a, a Larry Zabisco chant here. Uh, Austin, his, his timing is incredible, according to Dave. But you know what, Ryan? I don't want to talk out of turn here, but I think that kid may have a future. Hmm. Um, so you get the heat on Wyndham early, then Rhodes later on. Uh, Wyndham makes the hot tag, comes in for a superplex, but Zavi on Austin, or excuse me, on Zabisco, but Zabisco shoves him off. Um, Rhodes shoves Zabisco off the top rope, and then Wyndham pinned him after a flying lariat. So just um, a hot match. I can't really say much more about it than that. Uh, you know, excellent work all the way around from excellent workers. Uh, everybody in this match is a Hall of Famer or should be. So, uh, yeah, no, great, great match. Um, and really the pick-me-up we needed after the kind of the lull uh, following the first match here. What do you say? Thumbs just up. An old, just an old-fashioned ass-kicking. Yeah, man. Uh, loved it. Well, I'm sure they booked for you and me. Loved it. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Larry Zabisco's style. 
Um, and of course, you know, I mean, you're literally, these are four hall of famers. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's you, you will not, if you have a bad match, it's not their fault. Um, but they did a great job. Gentlemen, um, went for 18, a little over 18 minutes. So I could have watched it for another 18. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. Uh, Meltzer gives it three and three quarter. I'll give it four. That was wonderful. Um, up next, we got Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson taking on the Steiner. You just stop Rise. right there. You just stop right there. You got a good match. <laughs> yeah. And then throw in the Steiner Brows. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. They uh, retained the tag team titles by beating Rick and Scott Steiner via DQ with a dreaded dusty finish at 20 yep. minutes. Um, they announced that Paulie Dangerously, a.k.a. Paul Heyman, was banned from ringside during this match. <laughs> Melser says to give him time to make a costume change. And, uh, you know, I wonder how long it takes old Paulie to, to change into another outfit. Well, and, do they do the Broadway gimmick where, where it's like Velcro uh, clothing is pull it off, pull it back on, you know, put something next one on? I, I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps. Why don't you ask over at, at Top Guy Weekend? Mm, good. but uh, You should. So beautiful, and the enforcer sold the Steiner's big moves for the first half of the match, which uh, is mostly power moves and slow down tactics in between. Uh, there are a lot of good moves and slow paced in spots, and the crowd uh, it wasn't very consistent as far as how they responded. Rick came off the top rope to a knee in the groin, and they started working on Rick, but uh, he, nobody. Melser says that there's not a really much of a sense of a lot of sympathy on that. I think anytime I see anybody get hit in the groin, I've got sympathy. Yeah, it depends uh, on who it is. For anyone that has ever been hit in the groin, that sucks. Um, so Scott came in, but was cut off and thrown over the top rope behind the rest back. And Rick made the hot tag and they went to the finish. Uh, Anderson threw white powder in a bag into Rick's eyes and, uh, since he couldn't see, he gave ref, uh, Randy Anderson, a belly to belly suplex because you know, Randy Anderson, if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to mistake, mm. you know, Bobby Eaton or Arn Anderson with somebody it's going to be Randy Anderson, right? Well, uh, didn't we see this finish like not long ago on something we reviewed? Are they just yeah. going to the well too much here? Yeah. And I, I can't remember the timing on, on what it was that Scott was, Steiner. Was, I think it was, it was Randy Anderson again. I mean, it was. Almost this exact same finish. Yeah, but it's like a gonna mistake him for a six foot four, three hundred pounder. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so Scott gave Bobby a uh, Frankensteiner and got a three count when a second ref came in. Finally, head ref Nick Patrick came in and reversed the decision because Rick gave the ref a suplex. Um, that finish yeah. wouldn't have been so bad had that if they hadn't done it in so many house shows. Yeah, okay. As in over the past couple of months, so Meltzer gives it three and a quarter. It's a, it's a great match. Um, oh yeah, three and a quarter. Ah, hell, man, give them four. Stop being so mean. Yeah, great match, flat finish. I mean, there's not a whole lot else to be said. Um, you know, especially especially flat, considering we we just saw it on something not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, up next, we got uh, another one that you just can say the names and stop. It's a good match. 
Yep. Uh, Rick Rude and Rick Steamboat. Yeah, Rick Rude, uh, your United States heavyweight champion, uh, pinned Steamboat in 20 minutes to uh, retain said title. Um, they interviewed, showed several interview spots with Missy Hyatt that uh, were allegedly live, but of course were pre-tapes, pre um, where the quote-unquote ninja chased Medusa away, which there's nothing more ridiculous than seeing a, a man in a ninja suit standing out in front of a door knocking on it in a locker room. It was ridiculous. It looked absolutely stupid. But anyway. Um, so yeah, this is, I guess is Polly dangerously in the ninja outfit. I don't know. Anyway, followed steamboat out of the ring and the spots were really great and on, on time, uh, some good moves thrown in. Um, but you know, the Meltzer says they had to slow pace it since they were going 20. Eh, maybe that's the case, but I mean, if two guys are in shape enough to go 20 minutes, it's Rick Rude and Rick steamboat. Uh, I think it was just a methodical match, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Steamboat really turns it on at the end with the finish coming when Paul E., the ninja, hits Steamboat twice with the phone and Rude pins him. So, yeah, uh, we get some interference from the uh, namesake of the Dangerous Alliance here. And, uh, yeah, Rick Rude retains. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Again, just because it wasn't, you know, the fast pace of Liger and Pillman doesn't mean it's a bad match. So, uh, definitely thumbs up for me on this one. Oh, absolutely. Melzer gives it two and three quarter stars. Go ahead and give him three and a half, man. It's a good match. It's, uh, yeah, we were not watching the same match. Yeah, I thought it was I, great. I, I, and and maybe it's because Melzer and, and I don't have the luxury or I hadn't seen any of the matches leading up to this. And apparently Melzer has seen these quite a few times. Uh, but uh, I I thought that uh, I mean even how do you call all the spots for perfect? Yeah, uh, and give it a nice, two and a half. And gives it yeah. two and three quarter stars. Let me slap shit out of yeah. you. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's it. I think it's probably one of one of Rick Rue's better matches uh, that he ever had. And um, yeah, didn't disappoint at all, as far as I'm concerned. Seems seems like the common denominator in all these great matches. They seem to have Ricky Steamboat on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you could you could say that certainly. But, uh, up next, we got the main event of the evening. We got the Stinger taking on Liger. No, wait, Luger. Lex That's it. Luger. Yeah, sorry. Yes. And uh, you really need to lay off the scotch there, pal. <laughs> and so Sting pins old Lexi in thirteen minutes to win the WCW title. Luger is jacked in this one. He's There's no money in bodybuilding, Ross. Uh, Clear shots at the uh, Vince's World Bodybuilding Federation. Uh, uh, Jesse can't stop saying that throughout the <laughs> this broadcast. Yeah, this is uh, Luger is about to be joining the, the WBF, and uh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> spent the first two minutes pretending they were doing a silent movie by standing there and doing nothing. Um, then they started uh, working near the 300-pound Luger, and Luger apparently, yeah, I, I noticed this too. Luger pretty much blows up within the a few sucking minutes. wind, yeah. Uh, the match was kept simple, um, as most Lex Luger matches are. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, a lot of Sting matches, especially at this point in his career, are as well. Yeah. Luger controlled the match pretty much playing Superman, not – selling even a stinger splash and sting uh sting got luger in the torture rack huh, i'm gonna beat you with your own move 
and Sting kicked out of Luger's pile driver and finish came out of nowhere. It was Sting deck and Harley race and pin Luger with a uh, cross body block and Luger and Sting shook hands and embraced after the match, but on television, they switched to a crowd shot. So the folks at home didn't see it. Curtain call. Oh, look at you, you little, you little, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, so Sting is your new WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Meltzer gives it a star and a half. I think he's being quite generous. I'm going to give it a star. It was pretty bad to me. But, you know, love me some Sting. Love me some Luger. Just wasn't working tonight. So. What'd some you nights think? you got it, some nights you ain't. Well, I, only thing I can be sure of about this match, uh, Ryan, is, is there ain't no money in bodybuilding. I mean, they were hammering that. But yeah, now it, it was, you know, eh. It was just eh. You know, they, I wouldn't say it's actively bad. It just wasn't that much to commend it. I'll say it that way. Yeah, and apparently after the card in a ballroom at the Mecca, they did a work press conference with sting and it was interrupted by Polly and rude and rude threw a drink in stings face and the entire dangerous alliance attacked sting until nikita koloff made the save for his face turn so we got nice nikita oh good nikita which uh you know happens in milwaukee wisconsin which uh nikita is from minneapolis so basically the same thing Pretty much, pretty much. Somewhere. Good thing my wife doesn't listen to these podcasts. <laughs> but uh, this angle airs on television. Uh, they coming up Saturday, and one of Ruth blows. Um, apparently, potato stinks. Uh, and it was pretty swollen the next day. So that's a shame. Poor little filler. Uh, or no bigger than a squirrel. Would he kill Jesse for? Um, <laughs> But anywho, all in all, uh, great pay-per-view. In-ring work was awesome. I give it four out of five. What you think? Yeah, definitely a thumbs-up effort. I mean, it kind of drags there after the first match for a while, but it, it certainly picks up steam uh, leading up into the main event. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at spending, what was this, probably 15, 20 bucks at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But uh, anyways, I guess we'll go for the cover, the count, the victory on this one, J.D. Uh, Guys, we really appreciate everybody following along with us. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. 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 Yeah, for sure. Facebook. Follow us on Facebook at Army of Smartness. And, of course, email that Gmail, armyofsmartness at gmail.com. J.D., you got anything else you want to add? Oh, well, you know, I am waiting with bated breath for this uh, CM Punk, ne- the next pipe bomb to explode. So let- let's reconvene next week after that happens. You're on, sir. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And JD, I will bid our listening audience adieu. Adieu.